Hello, welcome to Free Your Children on WXRQ 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There is a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children, and I hope this ministry will equip you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. I want to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring Free Your Children radio show. If you have storage needs, contact Safe Storage of Columbia, Hohenwall, and Mount Pleasant at safestoragetn.com. If you would like to sponsor Free Your Children, contact me at freeyourchildren at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, my email, or at the Borough Pulse, B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E dot com. I'm a monthly contributor to the Pulse, so you can go there and read all the articles I've penned to date about education. I'm very excited about an upcoming series that focuses on shattering the misconceptions of homeschooling. So we're going to be kicking off a series that highlights single moms that homeschool and that are doing a phenomenal job. So I'm really excited to be hearing from those homeschool moms and let our listeners get a firsthand glimpse into the world of homeschooling moms that are single. You know, we hear society say single moms can't homeschool. That's not true. And so we're going to shatter those misconceptions. I'm very excited about the guests that we have with us tonight. Tonight, we have Israel Wayne. Israel and his wife, Brooke, are homeschooling parents to 11 children. You heard that right. Israel is also an author and conference speaker who has a passion for defending the Christian faith and promoting a biblical worldview. He is the author of Foundations in Faith, Education, Does God Have an Opinion, Pitching a Fit, Overcoming Stressed Out Parenting, Raising Them Up, Parenting for Christians, Answers for Homeschooling, Top 25 Questions Critics Ask, Questions God Asks, and Questions Jesus Asks. Since 1995, Israel has traveled the nation speaking on family, homeschooling, revival, discipleship, and cultural issues. He is a frequent guest on national radio and TV programs and has been featured as the keynote speaker at numerous conferences. Israel serves as the director of Family Renewal LLC and is the site editor for ChristianWorldview.net. Welcome, Israel. We are so grateful to have you with us tonight. Thank you, Tiffany. It's an honor. I appreciate it. Well, let's kick off by talking a little bit about your personal homeschool journey. You were homeschooled as a child, correct? That's right. My mother started homeschooling my older sister and myself in 1978, which was about five years before the modern day homeschooling movement began in 1983. So when we were homeschooling, uh, not only did we not know anyone else who was doing it? And not only was it not a popular thing, it was actually against the law. Right. (laughs) And so we ended up getting caught a couple of times, homeschooling, ended up in court a couple of times. And, uh, you know, it was quite an experience back then. In fact, I graduated from homeschooling in 1991 and homeschooling didn't become legal in the state in which I lived until 1992. So my whole entire (laughs) homeschooling experience was being home educated when it was against the law. Right. And so, uh, you know, I I ended up and then in 1988, my mother started uh, publishing a national homeschool magazine that became um, the nation's longest running Christian homeschool periodical. That's amazing. And so I grew up in homeschool publishing. I grew up in 
kind of the leadership side of the homeschooling movement. Right. Uh, started working as marketing director for her publishing company um, in 1993. So just finished 30 years full time wow. of working in uh, homeschool advocacy. And so that was really my my starting point. My mom was an author and conference speaker. And so uh, she would speak at many homeschool conferences. And when I graduated, I was one of the handful of, of homeschool graduates at that time that had been through the process of being home educated. Uh -huh. There just weren't many of us in those right. days. And so people would often ask me since I was accompanying her running the book table and so forth, they would ask me uh, if I wanted to like speak to the teens about my right. experience being homeschooled or be on a discussion panel. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon uh, people stopped referring to me as just like a good teen speaker and started saying, oh, this guy's just a good speaker. Right. And so by the time I was like 19 years old, I was keynoting conferences and have been doing that for a lot of years. So I'm very grateful for uh, the experience of have, being home educated, but also of having been able to give back to the home education community uh, as an author and conference speaker myself. Wow, what a testimony. And now you are a father to 11 children. I'm sure our listeners are like, 11 children? But that's not really uncommon in the homeschool realm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. My wife told me, we, we recently relocated and we moved and, you know, we've been here a few months and uh, this uh, neighbor of ours, you know, happened to cross paths with my wife when they were both outside and right. she walked up and she said, uh, I don't know how to put this, but... <laughs> what are you? <laughs> I'm sure that she was asking, are you a school? <laughs> are all those she, children yours? I think she probably thought we were like, a day you know, some sort of religious cult or something. <laughs> I don't know. But That's at funny. any rate, it's kind of, kind of humorous. You know, That's I'm sarcastic great. enough. I would have been like, oh, we're aliens. Yes. You know? <laughs> so, but yeah, people aren't used to seeing 11 children running around, uh, you know, in a yard and so right. forth. And, Anyway, but yeah, my wife was homeschooled as well. Her mom okay. was one of the founders of the Arizona State Homeschool Association back in uh -huh. 1983. Wow. And so my wife was uh, completely homeschooled. And uh, by the time she was 15 years old, she was actually publishing a national magazine for homeschooled young ladies um, that... Uh, was called Gen, uh, that was called uh, Kindred Spirits. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, and so that's how we met was through publish home, homeschool publishing actually. Uh -huh. And uh, so we had both men homeschooled. And so it was a foregone conclusion. We would homeschool our own children, you know, after we got married. In fact, I would say for both of us, it was it was kind of a criteria. Right. That yeah. we wouldn't marry someone who was not committed to the process of home discipleship, which right. is how we you know, that's what we look at homeschooling as is yes. really discipling our children and, and giving them uh, preparing them for life. But, you know, also giving them a biblical worldview because we're Christians and that's right. That's part of it's very, very important to us to pass on the, our faith to and values to our children. Absolutely. Now, tell us, how long have you been homeschooling your own children now? How many years? Right. Fr from birth. Um, uh -huh. and, and that's something I tell people, too, is that basically everybody homeschools. Yes. Uh, it's just that some people quit at the magic uh -huh. age of compulsory attendance. Right. <laughs> and really, a lot of the difficult things you teach your children, you teach them before the age of six. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, how to tie their shoes and mm -hmm. how to eat with a fork and how to get dressed <laughs> and uh, how to be potty trained. I, I think right. actually, if you can teach a child how to be potty trained, you deserve a PhD for that. <laughs> uh, but but, you know, then people get to the, the stage where all of a sudden now they have to start teaching their children colors and shapes and numbers and alphabet sounds and they freak out and they're like, no, yeah. we got to have the government do this. We're not right. qualified. 
Yes. So, they... so they stopped homeschooling. We just kept homeschooling. But our oldest is 22. Okay. Uh, our littlest is two. And we oh. have so 11 of them sandwiched in there. And um, I currently have four teenagers living in my home. Which oh, wow. Is awesome. Love yes. that. And um, we have six girls and five boys. Okay. And so they've, they've always been homeschooled and have never experienced anything else. And we're we're committed to it. So by God's grace, they will never experience anything other than homeschooling. Right. Well, that's fantastic. And I am a fan of your work. I have followed you for many years. You're a lot younger than me, but <laughs> I appreciate all that you, all the resources that you provide to the homeschooling community. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about your ministry, what you do, what you offer? Sure. Well, you know, I want to throw this in too, because you were saying in the intro about how you're doing a series uh, for single parents. And I yes. want to just throw this in. It's a little off topic, but sure, go ahead. Um, you know, one thing about my story that's a little different or a little unique is I, I don't fit the typical homeschool stereotype in some ways. Mm-hmm. In that when, while my mother started homeschooling us, she started homeschooling us because she had a bad experience in public school herself. Mm-hmm. which led her to drop out of public school in ninth grade. So okay. my mom was a high school dropout. Wow. Um, and so she never liked public school herself, just from a personal experience standpoint. Uh-huh. And then my my older sister uh, was having struggles in school. And, um, and she was a very bright academic child, but mm-hmm. they thought she had a learning disability because she was timid. Okay. And shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they they thought that she could, you know, wasn't wasn't uh, normal because she wasn't hyperactive like me. <laughs> and so anyway, um, so my mom really took her out of school, took us out. You know, I was uh, still in preschool, mm-hmm. but she took uh, us out of school because of a personality conflict with the teachers. And she just didn't feel like they were doing a good job. Mm-hmm. So it was an educational choice for her at that time. It was not religiously motivated. Right. Because my mom was not a Christian at that time. Mm -hmm. And so my parents got divorced when I was six. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother uh, remarried a guy who was not a Christian and and unfortunately was very abusive. And so, you know, then there was she had a couple of of girls with uh, three girls with with that marriage. So she ended up with six kids. Okay. And and then he uh, found somebody else and he left. Mm -hmm. and, And so she was abandoned. So my mom was stuck trying to figure out how to homeschool. Uh, six children as a single parent. Mm -hmm. And uh, she became a Christian when I was 12. Okay. And so then things changed for our family and her motivation for homeschooling changed. And she really uh, just had a completely different perspective on why she was doing it. And so, so that was the next year after that was when she started her homeschooling magazine. Um, And it was very definitively Christian, you know, and biblically based. Uh Well, that gave me a foundation for understanding a biblical worldview and thinking properly about education because she used to have us as teenagers proofread all the articles in the oh, magazine. Wow. So yeah. Over the course of, of 20 plus years, mm-hmm. uh, we proofread every article in those magazines, right. know, just hundreds and hundreds of articles from people like, well, names that the people here wouldn't recognize, but people like Chris Klicka and Samuel Blumenfeld and yes. Uh-huh. Uh, John Taylor Gatto uh-huh. and you know Michael McHugh from Christian Liberty Academy and Paul Lindstrom and on and on. The, you right. know, these are names of the pioneers from right. way back. Yes. Raymond uh-huh. and Dorothy Moore, you know, all those kinds uh-huh. of names. So I got like saturated in this whole <laughs> philosophy of education right. from some of the greatest thinkers of all time on the issue. What? Yes, what a blessing. <laughs> yeah. And so I was I was in the deep end of the pool with right. all that as a teenager. And so it it affected my worldview. And mm-hmm. so the things that I'm doing now, 
my wife and I, for the last decade, have had our, our own uh, ministry called Family Renewal, mm-hmm. uh, which we actually do with my older sister. Uh, mm-hmm. She handles my speaking itinerary. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, it's really kind of a continuation of that. It's a family discipleship ministry. And so we really fe- feel like homeschooling is simply an extension of parenting and family yes. life. Mm-hmm. And so our goal is that we want to help parents to be able to uh, connect with their children on a relational level to gain their hearts, but also to teach them right from wrong and to teach mm-hmm. them how to think and live biblically. And so all the resources that we produce are really along that line. Uh, I do a lot of free parenting seminars. I speak at homeschool conferences and and we do uh, homeschooling seminars mm-hmm. and um, we, we try to help people to you know, learn how to think biblically on the issues of family, parenting, marriage, um, homeschooling and education, you know, all those kinds of issues. Right. And so how could our listeners find you if they wanted to check out some of your resources that you have? And I highly encourage my listeners to check out all of Israel's resources that he has. And I will have all of his information linked when his show gets ready to air. I'll have all that linked so that you can also find him there as well. Well, thank you for that. And it, yeah, our website is familyrenewal.org, familyrenewal.org. And uh, that's a great place that people can plug in if they want to um, uh, get a free audio download of our of their choice, just as a gift mm-hmm. from us to you as the listeners. Uh-huh. Uh, they can just go to our web store. So it's familyrenewal.org forward slash store, pick out an audio download and just type promo code gift. And if you do promo code GIFT, you'll be able to download any audio of your choice as a gift for you know, listening to this uh, broadcast. And uh, we want to just give that t- to you. Also, you can connect with us on social media. Just look up Israel Wayne or Family Renewal, wherever you hang out on social media. And my wife and I also have a podcast that's called Family Renewal that you can find on pod on uh, YouTube if you like the video version or anywhere you listen to audio podcasts. Just look up Family Renewal. So, yeah, we'd love to connect with you. That's fantastic. And again, I'll have all of this link. Let's talk a little bit about, because you are a father, so let's talk a little bit about homeschooling from a father's perspective, because this is also a series that I'm running right now for encouragement for fathers. So it was really important for me to have men who are leaders in their home and in the homeschool community to be able to share what they feel like homeschooling should look like or does look like from a father's perspective. So could you speak a little bit about that? Well, that was really difficult for me in some ways because, mm-hmm. as I said, my parents divorced when I was six. Right. And I saw my dad one weekend a month. Mm-hmm. And then from the time I was 15, I basically didn't see my dad again for like most of my adult life. Like 23 years, I didn't, I went, I never saw my dad again. Right. So, you know, growing up without a dad, in, in the home. And then of course, having just a, a negative impact with my stepfather right. did not really equip me for knowing how to be a good husband or how to be a good father. So I, what I had to do as a young man was basically say to myself, okay, if I'm going to figure out how to do this right, if I'm going to get married someday and have children and not make a mess of things, mm-hmm. I've obviously got to have some kind of direction. Right. And so I just thought the only thing I know to do is go to the Bible <laughs> because I, exactly. I don't know that I can trust anything else, mm-hmm. but I figure if God says it, then I can count on that. 
Exactly. So that's what I did. I just, before I was even married, I just went to the scripture and studied every passage I could find on marriage, family life, parenting, child raising, child discipline, education, instruction, teaching, like anything. Right. And that's where my books really came from, like raising them up, mm-hmm. education, mm-hmm. all those books came out of my own Bible study, really, of trying to figure out how to be a dad right? and how to do this. And so, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that I've done everything perfectly, but a couple of quick things, you know, we try to have daily family worship every day mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. gather together, read the word of God, pray. It doesn't have to be long, but, you know, just to gather the whole family and be consistent with it. That's been Absolutely. one of the best things that we've done. Yeah. Um, I actually know more because of my day job, you know, in Christian publishing, I know more about curriculum than my wife does. So I'm an anomaly in that, in that, <laughs> uh, but, but I, my wife and I work together, you know, uh-huh. looking at the curriculum and trying to pick what we do together. And then, um, when my schedule, my travel schedule has allowed for it, cause I, I do travel a lot. Um, uh-huh. I've actually taught classes for my high schoolers on things like economics uh-huh. and apologetics, uh, some on history, uh, or, you know, logic. Um, we were, you know, teaching some of those classes. Right. And so I enjoy some of those things and my wife doesn't so much. Mm-hmm. And yet she's, she's really good at like teaching preschoolers how to read. Right. And I'm really bad at it. So, <laughs> so I found that it actually is really a blessing because in a lot of marriages you have strengths, right. right. And yeah. you complement each other. If, if you will allow that to work that way, you know, instead of fighting yes. against each other, cause you're different, uh-huh. right. you realize God made us different on purpose. And so we can help <laughs> each other. Uh-huh. And so it's really worked where, uh, you know, the other thing I see as a dad is that I have to get my wife anything that she needs mm-hmm. to help her not be bottlenecked. Yes. So if it's if it's a household appliance that saves her time, that is money well spent on my end because her primary role, in my view, is not to take care of my house. Her primary role is to disciple our children, you know, to yes. help me. She's a help yes. me, right? Yes, so to help absolutely. me in the process of discipling my children. I'm not mm-hmm. throwing it to her. I'm not leaving it to her. Right. But, you know, obviously like a lot of guys, I work and my wife's full-time mom. And so, you know, there's, there's those dynamics where she's at home most of the time doing that teaching. And so uh, I, I work from home, but I still have to work. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, but, but like, if there's something that I can spend, like not long ago, for example, our dishwasher wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it was one of those times where it was financially a little bit tight for us. Mm-hmm. And the temptation would have been to be, be like, well, let's just kind of eek by here. Right. But I was like, look, you need as much time as you possibly can. And the children need as much time for you to be able to input and pour into their lives. Mm-hmm. And if this makes us more efficient, this is money well spent. Exactly. The other thing is, if there's a uh, curriculum, like in, I know a lot of families, they'll, they'll buy a curriculum and it's not working for them. Mm-hmm. And the mom realizes it. And she's like, look, this is just not working for us. And the dads are like, look, we spent $200 on that right. program. It's an expensive program. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to fork out the money to get what will work. Right. I find that men usually have the money to spend on what's important to them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they do, right? Yeah. They'll find yes. money for a gun. They'll yes. find money for a boat. They'll find money for you know, whatever <laughs> it is, their hobbies, golf, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But then when the wife needs something for the family, they're like, no, that's not in our budget. And so I just think for men, something they need to do is to prioritize the, the teaching and the discipleship of their children. And if there's something that you can do to help fix bottlenecks mm-hmm. and to make your wife's job more efficient and streamlined, do that. Men do that in business. They get mm-hmm. that in business. Right. But if there's a problem in their company and something's bottlenecked, they'll throw money at it and fix it. 
But in the home, you have to be willing to spend time. And, and even like I just paid for my wife to have a weekend getaway for our state homeschool association here in Michigan. They had a women's retreat where it was just like it was actually just an overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I paid for my wife to go to that, to get away, to ha- go to a hotel, you know, to have an evening away that she can spend fellowshipping with other homeschool moms. I could go to the the homeschool convention every year, you know, Mm -hmm. that she can go and and be with other homeschoolers and recharge and just have something that feeds back into her. These are things as men, we have to make sure we prioritize. Excellent advice. You homeschool in Michigan, correct? We do. Okay. Are there, tell us about resources for Christians there in, in Michigan. So I'm actually vice president of a group called Michigan Christian Homeschool Network. Uh, It's a volunteer board. So all of us are just regular homeschool parents um, who care about helping uh, defend homeschool freedoms in our state and support and advocate for homeschooling. So none of us get paid to do it. We volunteer our time. And uh, the the website is called homeschoolmichigan.org. And uh, mission, M-I-C-H-N is our acronym. We call it mission. Uh, Mission's mission if you will, <laughs> it's to uh, help encourage um, parent-led, uh, home-based family discipleship that is privately funded. We believe very strongly in that. We strongly oppose any kind of government funding uh, for homeschooling in the state of Michigan. Okay, and, and that's I coming across as school choice, right? The money follows the child, yes. is what uh-huh. the Republicans call it. Exactly. Um, and what that and, and, and anybody who's listened to Tiffany's program should know yeah. this by now, but that means that government control is following the child. That's yes. that's code for, you know, whatever the government pays for, it controls. Right. Um, but so, yeah, we we have about um, probably 10,000 families in the state that we serve. Wow. We have okay. an annual convention. Uh, we have a network of support group leaders. And so the organization has been around since 1984. I've been a part of it for probably about 10 years and okay. uh, love it. We just uh, are grateful to give back to our community. That's fantastic. Now you have um, an online, you're going to be a guest on an online conference, homeschool conference coming up, Homegrown Generation. Is that the name of it? I have a link, an affiliate link, and you have an affiliate link as well. Tell us a little bit about that conference you're going to be a part of. Yes. Yeah, so the producers of that conference are also the producers of an excellent DVD documentary called Schoolhouse Rocked. Yes. That's with an E-D at the end, Schoolhouse Rocked. And uh, if you haven't watched that, please go online, find it, buy it, uh, order it. You can get a copy from familyrenewal.org. Uh, and so that is a wonderful uh, resource. But anyway, they have an online conference and I've been a part of several of, of theirs. And um, they are just, uh, Garrett and Yvette Hampton are the producers of it and they're wonderful people mm-hmm. with excellent content. So I would strongly encourage people go to Tiffany's affiliate link and sign up for that event and make sure that you, uh, get encouraged by the wonderful speakers and content you'll receive there. Absolutely. And, and Israel will be a speaker at that conference. So lots of, lots of meat in that conference. So I encourage everyone to get on and register for that because I know that you will be blessed. Let's talk a little bit about biblical education in terms of the church. I wrote an article a while back titled The Elephant in the Room. And so I am a big um, advocate for pastors and churches to address this topic about how government schools teach evolution as fact, which teaches children that come from Christian families that their faith is a lie. So what would you say to our 
listeners in regards to that, Israel? Where do you think the church should fall when it comes to the importance of biblical education? Yeah, my whole book, Education, Does God Have an Opinion, is really kind of an explanation of what the Bible says about education. Mm -hmm. And uh, nowhere in scripture does it ever encourage us to send our children to the government to be educated. (laughs) Uh, In fact, we're actually told that we're supposed to learn not the way of the heathen. We're supposed to not be conformed to the pattern of this world, that we're not supposed to partner up and team with unbelievers, uh, and that you know, the, our children are supposed to be raised in the, the fear and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, in Ephesians 6, 4, you know, Paul says fathers are supposed to train their children up in the nurture and admonition. That word admonition is paideia, which means academic schooling, learning, uh, education. Uh, it's a Greek word that basically encompassed, you know, every academic subject that could be taught was encompassed in that word paideia. And Paul says it's supposed to be the paideia of the Lord, not of the world. And that's supposed to be directed by fathers. And, you know, so churches are not supposed to replace parents right. uh, and, and educate their children for them. God right. didn't give children to the church or to the government. He and gave yeah. children to parents. Mm-hmm. But the role of the church, uh, as we see in Ephesians, uh, I think it's Ephesians 4.11 is where it says that God gave church leadership to build up the saints mm-hmm. and equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Yes. So the role of church leadership in education is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and equip parents to know how to disciple their children. Unfortunately, and I think I can say this on your show, I probably yes. would get cut <laughs> off the air if I said it anywhere else. Yes. Uh, but the fact is, and I've had, I have so many friends who are pastors. They mm-hmm. often tell me, you know, Israel, I know, I agree yep. with you. I get it. That's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I can't say that from the pulpit. Yep. Because basically half of the people who go to my church are employed by the public school system. Yes. And they are the biggest tithers and donors. And if I spoke out against sending our children to government schools, I would lose my job. And yes. I'm not going to do that. Yep. That's what I hear regularly. <laughs> so, yes. And it's a it's a topic that needs to be addressed. And you're right. We are blessed with this platform. So we can address these hefty, weighty topics. And I'm I'm thankful that we have a platform where we can do that because um, you know, I spoke, I wrote about this in the article and I've spoken about this numerous times on this radio show. The fact of the matter is we have, what is it, upwards of 85% of our youth falling away from the faith? Yeah, I think uh, three three different surveys say 70. Uh, okay. Pew Research, Barner Research, and Lifeway all say 70. So I think that's the average. But like the Southern Baptist Council on Family Life said 88%. So wow. yeah, it depends yeah. on the denomination. Uh, but but probably on average about 70. But you, know, you think about that, seven out of 10 of our children abandoning Christianity before they graduate high school. And then of those that go to college uh, with their faith intact and say, I'm a Christian, right? When they enter their freshman year of college, mm-hmm. 70% of those will deny their faith before the end of their freshman year. Right. And why do you think that is? If I look at the statistics and I see that upwards of 85% of Christian parents send their children to public schools, and then we have at least 70%, if not more, like Israel said, depending on your de- denomination, falling away from the faith. How can we connect those dots? Well, there's one other facet because actually we lose an awful lot of our homeschooled youth when they go to college as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and so one thing is just because you keep your children home does not mean you've equipped them. Right. It's not a panacea. We have to disciple. That's right. So we and, have to do both, right? Yes. We have to take them out and protect right. them from the bad things. 
Yes. Then we can't just assume, okay, phew, we protected them from some bad things because That's sometimes right. the bad things are coming in on their smartphones. Exactly. Sometimes the bad things are coming through social media and video games. Yes. So we, we have to make sure that we cut out as much of the bad stuff as we can, but we have to put in the good stuff. Absolutely. So my admonition would be to the homeschool community, yes. don't just pat yourselves on the back because you did half of your job exactly. and getting them out of the bad environment. <laughs> now you got to do your job of actually putting in the good stuff. Right. And we have to disciple. And that's a biblical mandate. We're supposed to be discipling our children. We have to teach our children what we believe so that they can go out into the world and defend their faith. Don't you have a new uh, discipleship curriculum that you have just written and released? Yes, ma'am. I have a brand new high school uh, curriculum called Foundations in Faith. And it's a it's targeted for seventh through twelfth grade. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even like grades, so I'll right. say twelfth through eighteen <laughs> ages. And um, basically, it is to teach Bible doctrine and theology. And mm-hmm. it's it's not sectarian. It's not denominationally biased. It's basically teaching the core essential truths of the Christian faith that all true Christians have always believed and taught since the first century. And so, it really um, helps our children to become grounded in the essential doctrines of Christianity. And in doing that, they become uh, sound to recognize false doctrine and error when they see it. It's kind of like that old adage of how you teach people to recognize the counterfeit is by getting them grounded in the the genuine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, what a wonderful resource. Well, Israel is completely correct in what he just said. And I encourage you to check out his new curriculum that he has out to help you be able to, because I know a lot of parents, that's one thing that they say. I don't feel like when I was growing up that I had a firm foundation, so I don't feel equipped to teach my children and hear uh, theology or anything about the Bible. So I encourage parents regularly on this program. It is imperative as a Christian family, you need to start a family discipleship program in your home uh, or a time. It doesn't have to be, don't let the word program scare you away. You need to disciple your family and you can start by just picking up the Bible and reading the Bible together. You can learn together. And then you have people like Israel who have wonderful resources to help you navigate that if you don't feel equipped. So make sure if you haven't, start today. Just pick up your Bible, start in Genesis and read his word. Israel, before we go, Give us a piece of advice that you would give to homeschooling dads out there. What's one thing that you would want to share with them? It's not your wife's job to disciple your children. It's your job. Mm -hmm. It's her job to help you disciple your children. So, you know, biblically, uh, if you read my book, Raising Them Up, Parenting for Christians, I have a whole section in there for dads and what dads are supposed to do. But we have more responsibility in scripture for the discipline of our children, the, the teaching of our children the discipleship of our children than even our wives do more commands given to us as fathers than given right. to mothers. So uh, it's, it's our job and we need to take it seriously. It's not just enough to go earn a paycheck. Uh, we have to disciple our children. Wonderful advice. Well, thank you, Israel, for being with us tonight. Wonderful wor- words of wisdom. I will have everything linked where you can find him. I want to thank Safe Storage again for sponsoring tonight's show. You can contact safestoragetn.com for all your storage needs. I want to leave you with this. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 2. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night. And God bless.